You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Nino Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I am your hostess, personal stylist, and home organization coach, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. And we meet here to talk wardrobe, style, fashion, organization, and winning mindsets. And today, I am really excited. I am honored to have the supremely talented, award-winning <laughs> actor and singer, Keith Robinson, join the conversation. Keith sings as known <laughs> Thank you, Keith, for blessing us. No, I cannot sing. Thank you for blessing <laughs> your presence on the podcast today. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, red is a good color on you. I know that the people cannot see us. I've Thank noticed, you. right, when I see you dress, I saw you today on the gram with that gorgeous white jacket, but I like oh. when you wear color. It looks really nice on you. And red Thank is you, a very... good color for you and like a royal blue. Thank you. My, my Barry White t-shirt. See Barry White Ooh, with the gold chain? Yes. Yeah, that's that Barry White. White. That's that Barry White. Well, we kind of not, have a not, matching not. thing going on, right? You see what I got? Yeah. Wait, not Barry White. Thing. Isaac Hayes. Isaac yeah. Hayes. <laughs> Yes. Isaac, I like that. I like that. Where'd you get that? I actually got it from Isaac Hayes' son. He has a um, he has a clothing line in Atlanta, and he blessed me with a couple shirts. Nice. You see, it's always interesting to know because I haven't seen that. I'd like yeah. to know when men get their clothing, especially. Um, yeah. Can you tell me about the love movement? The love movement. Um, I think the love movement for me is a mind state because I think in the end, love always wins. I think it's a good place to operate your life from, from a place of love. Um, so I, I just try to continue to perpetuate that in every facet of my my life is that uh, as long as I'm operating from from that space, I feel like uh, with good intention, then uh, I'll be all right. So I just try to you know pass that along and uh, you know pass the love. We need it. I, I respect that. Um, you were at the Oscars this year. You were looking very dapper. Yeah. Who dressed you, and were you singing there? Here's the funny thing. That was a throwback. That wasn't even this year. That was actually in 2007. Uh, Oscars, but but I I take it as a compliment because I feel like I look the same. Uh, but I performed that year, and that was uh that was the Dream Girls year, and uh, my one of my songs got nominated, so I got a chance to perform at the Oscars. And in honor of the Oscars this year, I just posted that throwback picture. Well, I you see, you can tell that I follow you, right? Um, yes. Not, not in a stalkish way, but in the most respectful way. You do understand. <laughs> I do I do understand, I, and I appreciate the love. <laughs> um, speaking. Of about Dream Girls, your performance was stellar, hence you Thank have you. the awards to prove it. And as part of a supreme cast in a cult film, what was the re most rewarding thing to come from that experience? Um, the most rewarding thing, I think being a part of, you know, uh, of, of history in, in the entertainment sector, because that movie seems to even grow even more classic every year, the further I get away from it. And just seeing everybody's career uh, who is involved in that movie up until this point, 
uh, you know, from Beyonce and Jamie Foxx and Eddie Murphy and Jennifer Hudson and Danny Glover. And, you know, it was just a, such a stellar cast. I think it was really honored to be a part of some of the greatest entertainers, I think, that will ever walk the face of the earth. So uh, that was very uh, validating for me as an entertainer and even having the inkling that I could that I could hang with the best of them and even make a move out to Hollywood from humble beginnings. So uh, it was a uh, I think I take that away with me uh, the most from that project in particular. It's funny because I was um, conflicted in between asking you that question or asking you, how did you set up your mindset to work with a stellar cast that way? But I mm-hmm. went the other way because I was like, well, he had the whole experience now. So what was it? Right. Yeah. But yeah. how did you set up your mindset? I mean, that was it's the gift that keeps on giving. It is a cult classic. It's never right. going to go away. Um, right. And you're part of that. That's like a major. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing. I mean, it's a good benchmark. You know, I think preparing for it, I, I think I, I attributed to youthful exuberance. I was just really focused on doing my part and telling the story as all of us were because the project was big itself for all of us. So right. I think I just, you know, when you're in the heat of battle, I don't, I don't, I kind of just saw it as, uh, I, I belong here. I'm here for a reason. Um, and I didn't look down. It's like, it's like being on the tie yes. Just don't look, just don't look down and just keep doing it. And, um, that's kind of once I got past it, I was kind of, you know, after the Oscar performance, particularly, I was like, woo. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't look down because I might have been realized what that I where I was at and what was going yes, on. So yes. it was um, it was kind of one of those things for me. During production, did you get that feeling like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be it? Because it was buzzing before it even hit the theaters. Did you really know how big this was gonna be? I didn't, to be honest with you. I knew it was big. I knew that. But when you're in something, when you're working in it, you don't really stop. At least I don't. I don't really stop to look at the work. I'm just busy focused yeah. on the work. So I was just really just trying to do my part and really just get this one under my belt because I knew it looked really good on my resume. Yes. So uh, that was basically my, I just, I compartmentalized. I didn't look at the grand, the grand scheme of it right. until it was, until it was over. And then when you're doing a movie, you never really know how it's going to be received because there's been many great casts that have been assembled and great projects that didn't mm-hmm. exactly take flight. So uh, to see it take flight um, and age like fine wine is just, it's, it's rewarding. Like you say, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Right. Um, now you're in a film, you were in a film about Motown, but in real life, you are a singer signed to the Motown label. Which came first? Well, that that came early, early in my career. I was signed to Motown as a teenager, 18 years old. I was in a group that we met in college and we, we formed a singing group and we actually ended up getting a deal. We signed through, uh, at the time, the concert promoter, Al Heyman, who's now a boxing promoter. Uh, yeah. we, we, were, we were signed to him. We signed to Motown. So it was kind of ironic because my mother actually was offered a deal to Motown back in the Aretha Franklin days. And my, my, uh, oh. my grandma, yeah, my grandmother didn't really want her to sing secular music, uh, you know, in Alabama in the churches. So kind of passed on to me. So so it, it definitely came first. That was really my first real taste of show business was being a part, was being signed to them, was being signed to Motown. That is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So I was listening to some of your music and there's one song that really stands out to me um, and it's Happy. I like the song Happy. Oh, okay. And I oh, like I, I like the vocals, the production, um, especially the acoustic guitar. Like, I'm all for Thank that. You. Do you write and produce your own music? I write my own, my own music. Co-produce produce it, or sometimes I use producers a lot of times, but all the writing is 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 coming out of me, basically. I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm a melody guy, so okay. that's uh, straight from the horse's mouth, for sure. And do you prefer, like, an intimate audience, or do you prefer, like, a big arena? What what works for you better? What are you more passionate about? I, I just, I'm passionate about connecting
connecting with my audience and them receiving it and, and giving and, and, and reciprocating the energy that I'm putting out. So if that comes in an arena of thousands, awesome. If it comes with a just small group of people in a, in a, in a lounge somewhere, that's cool too. I just love to perform. As long as the audience is feeling it, then um, I, I'm down in whatever form. Right. That's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. And I, I ask that because there is a particular artist that I've seen them perform in a very intimate like club setting and then huge arenas. And um, I'm so glad I had the experience of the intimate setting because something yeah. about that was so powerful and then yeah. I appreciated the big arena more because I already had the intimate experience you know yeah you already yeah no for sure the, the, most yeah. definitely. I mean you can definitely get more there's more connection when it's a small room and it's just you and the music and, and a small audience uh, there's not a lot of distractions so there's something to be said about an intimate setting for sure now I know that a lot of male um, artists prefer to style themselves and they don't want to work with a stylist which guy are you would you prefer a stylist or do you just I'm you're like I do me I dress myself I, you know it's a combination a lot of times when it comes to me styling I bring my own clothes and mm-hmm. then if, if, a, if a certain artist can I mean a stylist can accentuate or elevate. make suggestions elevate the the it's cool but I feel like I have my own good sense of style like the picture you saw like that was all me uh my, myself but I've worked with a number of stylists now so I kind of feel like I know what I want and we we kind of both bring something to the table and and, and kind of but in my day-to-day it's all me see and I like that because then that shows that you have your own style right I think that right. people when they work with a stylist some people need it some people do need it but I noticed with male artists at least recently it seems like a lot of them have their own style and they want to dress themselves and I kind of like that because it just says you yeah. really know, you know your confidence game is all the way up if you're like yeah I know how to dress myself I'm good with this thank you very much for sure I, I think uh, I think so I think it kind of speaks to the confidence of the artist like you say so um, you know we don't we don't a lot of us I mean we we kind of feel like we have a certain level of style anyway which is feeds into our creativity so mm-hmm. um, a lot of times with the stylist I feel like they can accentuate that and maybe kind of get you to see things uh, a little bit differently but still in the same lane as what you would wear normally as, as a person I think so right I'm pro, I'm, I'm pro either way do you like to shop like how do you like to shop would you rather go to I don't know a Valentino somewhere in Europe and do your shopping there or you're like let me go to this cool shop in Atlanta where I know these kids over there and they have this great shop like how do you like to shop I like to shop I mean I'm kind of the person if I walk in the store the, the garment whatever it kind of calls me I know exactly what it is uh, yes. the way it fits I, I like the color I love colors like you say I love the cuts on colors so I'm not really a name brand guy if it happens to be name brand cool but if I walk into Gucci and see a black sweater I might take a look at it and walk right down to Zara and buy it <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I love that. And that is because you don't see, and I'm I'm just asking, right? You don't see the need to spend $2,000 for something you can get for $189. Absolutely not. I mean, it's good to have a few pieces like that. I mean, you want a really fly suit. And sometimes, you know, you, the, the difference is in the cut. You can see a boss cut or a Gucci cut. That's a little bit different. So it's worth it. But I have some of those garments in my closet. But for the most part, you know, I, I you know, I, you might see me coming out of H&M or Zara, you know, any day. Listen, so. I'm not mad at that. And the thing that you yeah. have that works to your advantage is that you're very fit. And so your body yeah. is, is kind of cut up. So yeah. really, when you wear something it's how it fits right and it's gonna just exactly you because of right. where your body is right now and i'm a wardrobe hound if i'm on set uh i harass the wardrobe people after the production is over you're not doing nothing with that anyway so you yes. might as well just let me <laughs> take it on to the house so yeah <laughs> 
I so appreciate your honesty. Um, I have gotten some of my best. As a matter of fact, I got from a situation like that after a tour. Um, and I'm the one who bought the wardrobe for all the tour. And so oh. there was this jacket that didn't yeah. fit for the tour. And the girl didn't mm-hmm. want it. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I, that jacket just was, it was um, like a, a fatigue jacket. Gave it to my sister, right? When I was done with it, I was like, okay, I've outgrown this garment. And my sister had it on for Mother's Day and she looked adorable. And I was like, that awesome. jacket has come a long way. And can I tell you that that jacket was from Zara? And it was like, it's more than 10 years old. And it hey. was a great jacket. Zara, Zara does a thing. I mean, I, I don't know what they, how they do it with their price point and their cut, but I mean, hey. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what they do. They go to, they watch all the shows, right? All the runway shows, yeah. the big ones. And then their yeah. job is to knock it off in two weeks, to have it in production and knock it off. And then another thing they do is they send these huge teams from Spain into like Bergdorf Goodman. When we have Barney's, Barney Sacks, they look at every, they examine every single collection. They'll spend $20,000 buying these clothes and they will take it back to the factory and redo it. That's how we get Zara and we, and the benefit is all ours. Bless, God bless them. (laughs) I'm rocking with you, Zara. I'm rocking with you. <laughs> and Mr. Zara is one of the wealthiest men because he changed the fashion game with just that thing. Let's get it out to I the know. Two yeah. weeks. I know he pissed a lot of people off because he put the pressure on them. It's like, I got oh, that same did. garment down. I know he did, but hey. You put a post on your IG, and I really I really liked this one. It said, I'm not responsible for the version of myself that you created in your mind. So yes. in a few words, who is the real version of yourself so that we know. I mean, I think I'm an authentic person. I think I always leave with good intentions. Uh, I think I'm tenacious in what I want. I'm highly driven, but I'm highly uh, empathetic and, and sensitive to other people's uh, journeys. So I think I get along with, with people very well. Um, I think sometimes people tend to take my kindness for a weakness and it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not that. So um, hopefully people don't have to see that side of me. But overall, um, I'm just an authentic person. I'm unaffected by what I do, I think, as far as I don't wear my resume on my sleeve or walk around talking about what I've done in the industry. I'm not a person that I have to be reminded, like even now, if I see somebody staring at me, I I would, uh, my instinct is not to think that maybe it's because they see me in something. Um, Sometimes it's like, is this dude, does this dude have beef with me or what is the, what is, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm never in that, I'm not in that space. I kind of do the work and I walk away from it. I don't gloat in it. So I'm a country boy. I'm from the South and I just like good people, good energy, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't define you. You know who you are. When you know who you are, what you do does not define you. And, right, it's um, the other way around. Right, exactly. It is the other way around. Yeah. That's when um, you will get the people who take the kindness for weakness because they can't understand your authenticity because they don't have it. You understand? Exactly. I mean, that's, exactly. that's what I see for myself. I feel yeah. like I'm kind of the same way. I'm authentic. You can take me yeah. leave. I'm okay with it, but yeah. I'm very kind. But once you take right. my kindness another way, the pitbull will come out of me if it needs to. But for the most, exactly. part, most part, that's not who I want to be in life anyway no, so I could exactly. put that aside you know for the most part um yep the the movie um the Motown effect documentary I um I was on the west coast a couple of months ago and I was working yeah. on my laptop and my brother was watching this film right. and I had to stop what I was doing because it was so compelling that I literally yeah. just put my work down and go sit with him and watch it because I was yeah. mesmerized so my question to you is is there any anybody from that like iconic Motown era 
whose style you were like, man, that's if I had to pick one person and their style, it would be this person. I think it'd be a tie between a close heat is between Smokey Robinson and Marvin Gaye. Oh, that's yeah, that I could totally see that. I could totally yeah. see that. Um, I think they were ahead of their time. I think Smokey was committed to being pristine and I don't ever think you saw Smokey Robinson out the house with a wrinkled shirt. Yes. Um, all, always tidy. And Marvin was just that sexy suave ahead of his time, you know, open shirt, long trenches, uh, button downs, free flowing slacks, kind of like 100% R&B guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Even I was telling somebody this. In fact, it was on the podcast the other day that, you know, even that little scully cap that Marvin Gaye had on and, you yeah. know, that, that look is that's like such a classic look, right? And you could tell yeah. that's him. That was not yeah. a stylish look. Yeah. And we rock that now because, you know, I think for right. him, for when we always saw Scully's the toboggans as probably before that as you know as winter coats like a scarf to keep yourself warm never as an accessory so exactly. I think uh, that's kind of I think he defined that you know so um, Maxine Powell was the etiquette coach right and I guess the stylist for Motown the yeah. in-house stylist and to me it just blows my mind right how uh, instrumental she was in history in creating not only the styles right but the etiquette yeah. the poise of yeah. the artist of that label of that roster um, mm-hmm. do you know if Motown has a person like that like in-house people that um, give images and etiquette coaching today do you think that still exists for Motown or is that passe I, I would say it's passe I mean I, I'd be shocked if they did because now it's like with labels they want ready-made artists with ready-made uh, audiences yes. they're not doing too much they're not doing so much development right now right and then you know and then it's and uh, unfortunately a lot of times the more raw or around, rough around the edges your story is or you are then the more clicks you get anyway so it's almost like that clean cut uh pristine vibe a lot of times is is tough to break through as, as a new artist unless you're already established so i would say no uh because if you know in an interview if you could say something outlandish now then you're going to get more clicks than someone who is well-defined and well-spoken and says something positive i just think that's just how how, how things are right now so i would say no right i think and no and no no slight to motown just just in judge this is how this is how pop culture is yeah and that was something that was needed at this at that time and maybe it's not needed now but i mean look how far it took yeah. motown it took motown yeah. from an a real true era into a timeless it's always going to be timeless all of timeless. it and right smoky yeah. robinson i mean even stevie wonder and yeah. marvin gay where he dressed yeah. very differently in the 60s yeah. he was so polished right and yeah. so yeah. cut but then in the 70s i guess as he started to evolve himself as an artist yeah. is when it yeah. kind of changed for him so it's yeah. nice to see the evolution of that even the evolution of stevie wonder absolutely absolutely i mean they they started it all for us and i mean i, I still kind of myself uh go by that i'm a motown baby so you know i still pull from that energy from that style i, I still love it um so i mean for the youth i think it's a different story because you know social media has really changed everything turned everything on its ears so you know what goes now what what went then may not necessarily go now i think i heard rafael sadiq or somebody one of ours said that uh if he was an unknown or if Stevie Wonder was an unknown right now, they may have trouble getting signed. Yes. And I, you are absolutely right. Pause. <laughs> you know, I yeah. saw this documentary on this kid, 6ix9ine, and the documentary blew my oh, mind. Yeah. His whole market, right? The whole marketing was about sensationalizing everything. And it's like, yeah. I think it has pushed, I don't know, this generation into a place where 
I have to, I need all this attention. I need this attention. I need this attention. So then what happens to, and that's like across the board, right? Like what these housewives shows and all this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, when did we get to that? How did we cross over? And then, so I think I'm part of the movement of like, how do we celebrate authenticity and get back to celebrating that all day, every day? I think just by doing it, you know, just be out by being outspoken and, and, uh, you know, and owning, owning up to it, owning your space, which is what you're doing. So, which is a great thing. But, you know, with social media, um, I think they say the average attention span is eight seconds. So you got millions of images and thoughts and vibes and ideas and pictures and videos coming at you. So, you know, unfortunately that forces people to like, how can I get noticed and sift through the, the haystack? So the more outlandish and I can be then the more, the more I'm going to get noticed. And even that's how the, the companies even respond. They're going to look at an artist's numbers, uh, way before they look at the actual talent set, the skill set or the music itself. So they're going to look at if you got them numbers and you can definitely sit at the table and, and have a conversation. So I know that you have a new project and please correct me if I'm wrong. It's yeah. Kama Sutra, right? Kama Sutra is the new single. Yes. And yes. so this is the new single from a new project and album that you're doing. Yeah. Love Episodic 2. I dropped my first album, Love Episodic 1. Yes. Uh, and, th- and this is the new, the part two to Love Episodic because I, I wanted to kind of continue that thought. And the first single off of it is Kama Sutra, which came out this past Friday. So it's spinning right now. Wow. So tell me about like your creative process for this song and what this song means. Like, like what well, the song or what it means to you. Well, I created the album and this song included during the quarantine when I was on lockdown. So I kind of wanted to explore what it was like, uh, the quarantine love experience when everybody was forced to uh, quarantine with their significant other, whether they wanted to or not. You couldn't just, wasn't no playing the field, wasn't a lot, a whole lot of dating. So if you was loving somebody, if you wasn't, whoever you live with is who you're with. So that affected love and couples, I think, in, in ways that I think people ended up having babies or they ended up drawing up papers. So I erred on the side of the baby experience and how do you keep the love spicy and, 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 and up to date when you're sitting around looking at your partner with the same sweatpants on for three days in a row. So I kind of wrote it from that experience. It's kind of my ode to quarantine love. And uh, even in the visual, I use actual couples and interviewed them and what love was like while they were kind of forced to be with each other inside of their box. So out of it came this song. And what kind of responses did you get that you used through for your song? The response has been, it's been amazing. People really love the record because it's a sexy record and it's just really talking about, you know, trying to sneak in a quickie while the kid is asleep. Maybe, maybe going outside the box while you're inside the box and really reaching a deeper level of uh, intimacy, uh, which is what Kama Sutra represents. So you had plenty of time to explore each other uh, or not uh, during this quarantine. So I wanted to, I, I, it is for me, it inspired a record. And uh, and I had a son, my son was born during the quarantine. So it was um, a really enlightening experience for me in, in itself. So this was the first song born out of it. Well, it's a great song. I did hear it. Thank and you. your son is it. adorable. Is he mixed? Thank he's you. a cute baby. He looks like a Puerto Rican baby. Yeah, yeah he, no, he's black. He's, he's black and Latin. Sure. Okay, yeah. He's so cute. Like, you know how babies don't have like a personality, a person look? They just look like baby, but your baby looks like a person. Like he has his own look. And then that little star you got on him. Like he's he's a cutie. He is a cutie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he's got his own energy. He's a he seems very focused, like deep a deep thinker like I am, because I catch him just staring out in space Uh like, what is this kid thinking about right now? (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's, it seems like he's been here before. So I'm excited to watch him grow. He's been a he's been a blessing uh, for sure. And I mean, he came in the you know the darkest of times. He showed up. So uh, right. you know, it's a it's been a, it's been a great ride. So I, I miss him. I'm in Utah. I've been here for a month. So uh, I look forward to getting back to him. Are you filming over there? Are you filming a film? Yeah, I'm shooting a Christmas movie here. Oh, that's awesome. Can you talk about it a little bit? I cannot. They won't let me. <laughs> but it's a Christmas movie. Okay. They, well, they they're like they want to hold it until they can announce it in the press. But that's fine. Uh, that's fine. We're, we're shooting it in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's myself. It's Ashley Williams and Kim Paisley Williams, great actresses. Kevin Nealon uh-huh. from SNL and yes. a lot lot of good lot of good actors and actresses in this movie. And uh, it's been great. Utah, Salt Lake City. I've never been here before. They've been really accommodating. Really nice people here. I hear it's beautiful over there. It's it's gorgeous. I'm looking at a snow. Ca- it's sunny and warm, but I'm still looking at uh, snow capped mountains outside of my uh, my hotel window. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of skiing that goes on. I think I was actually supposed to go there last year, but the quarantine and so we didn't go. And I was yeah. like, wow, I really wanted to check it out because I hear I'm not a skier, a skier, right? I'm a person. Yeah. You just put me on a beach with a pina colada. I'm good. I don't need to ski. I don't need that's to me. snow mountains. That, but, that's me. But um, I've heard nice things. So it's like, I've been to Aspen. It's nice. I wanted to go there. Okay. So I'll ask you this. How's your wardrobe in this film? Do you like it? You know, I, it's very conservative because it's a Christmas family movie, but I like it. You know, it's got some really great trench coats and pea coats that they lace me with. Okay. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. Pop them out. Yes. Uh, some great, some great scarves. Uh, so yeah, I mean, these are things that I would wear in my normal life. I probably would accessorize them with a little more swag than my character okay. has, but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm feeling them. I'm a, I'm a pea coat. I love pea coat and trench coaches and I don't get a chance to wear them much living in Southern California. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. I'm always in Southern California, so I'm going to hit you Come up. on through. Car- Carmel Valley. That's, that's my hood over there. Oh, Carmel I'm, Valley. I'm, I'm right over Redondo, Redondo Beach. So you like the beach. Ah, that's where I'm at. Ah, yes, yes. Okay. I'm actually yeah. stuck in New York right now. So okay. I'll be in California next month, but only for two weeks. But I was planning to be there for the whole summer. But, you know. I'm actually headed to New York in June, actually. So I'll be there. Well, don't take the subways because people are acting crazy out here. So just make sure you stay yeah. in those Cadillac. You know how they do you, the SUVs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's, an, it's yeah. a nice vibe. It's, it's a nice vibe. It's not too many people here. So um, okay. it's kind of nice. It's spread out. You're going to have some room. You can eat on the sidewalk. It's, it's, it's a yeah. cool vibe. Um, okay. So how are you promoting both the film? I mean, now you're doing this film, but you have an album to promote and you have a family yeah. to yeah. take. And how do you juggle all of this? I mean, I've always done it. I mean, you know, this this is okay. what I do for a living. I, ha- I have home, home life and work life. And I mean, I've always balanced the two. Uh, okay. So, you know, and a lot of times when I'm on location is when I do have time to decompress and really focus on the music because if I'm not on set, then I'm in my hotel or my trailer. So I've written a lot of my songs when I've been on location and vice versa. So um, it kind of goes hand in hand with me. Both crafts kind of feed one another and, and that's how I make my living. So um, I, I do pretty good at keeping it in perspective. Last question. I know you come from a family that um, was raised in the church. It, would you yeah. consider doing a gospel album? Are you Do you feel drawn a call to that or any kind of faith music, especially being the time that we're in now that we could use more faith music probably than ever? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's that, that's next on the agenda. Actually, I have a I have a song on this album called Get Up, which is uh, uh-huh. it's, it's inspirational. And that was okay. inspired by this. So, yeah. So um, that's a definite. I mean, I've done gospel songs in the past. I did a, I did a record with Erica Campbell from Mary Mary. Yes. Um, so, I, I've you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I, I do a full length album. Um, so, yeah, it's it's on it's on the uh, it's on the menu for sure. Do you love singing more or acting more? Um, 
I guess I would have to go with singing. I guess I love singing and making the records more. The business, the rigmarole of it is I don't like more than the, than the business side of movie and TV and film. It's a little more clear cut. This is, uh, you know, the music is hustle, hustle, grind, grind. Right. Uh, you know, so um, I love them both. I feel like every scene has a rhythm. I feel like every song has an element of drama. So I pull from both from both uh, concentrations. But, you know, if I had to choose, if I was forced to choose, you know, I would probably end up singing if I had to. Yes. But I love them both. I don't want to I don't want to have to choose my kids. <laughs> Keith Robinson, thank you so much thank for you. blessing my little podcast with your grace and your uh, presence you. today. I really, sure. really, really do appreciate you. It was a great conversation. Likewise. Thank Please you. let my listeners know where they can hear all your fabulous music and yeah. see your great outfits and your acting. <laughs> Everything is uh, Keith Sings. That's my handle. Keith Sings is my IG, Facebook, uh, YouTube handle. Everything is Keith Sings. So holler at me. I'll holler back. Uh, the new single, Kama Sutra, is out right now. The new video will be out this week on Tuesday the 18th. The album, Love Episodic 2, by the end of the summer. And make sure you tune in every Sunday night at 9 p.m. for Saints and Sinners. And if you can't, if you want to catch up, first four seasons are on Hulu or the Brown Sugar app. But Saints and Sinners is pumping right now. Check it out. I'm there. I was watching Hulu yesterday. So thank you for giving okay. me something new to watch. I am yep. there. And next time, bring a friend. When you come to okay. the Hulu Boss Podcast, uh, subscribe, rate, like, check yep. out Keith Sings on Instagram. And you can check out all his fabulous works right there. And blessings to you, Keith, and your brand new blessings. family and your cute little baby. And thank you again. Just, I thank really you so much. You. I'm going to see you somewhere in Southern California for sure. Absolutely. We got a piece up on some wardrobe stuff too. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. So much. God bless. Thank Peace. you. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Edited by Ken Johnson. Associate producer, Lauren Turner. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.